Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Before I get started, started, I just passed the brazen in here, so I, I planned this out, and I guess I'll still go with it. I just want to take a second to honor him. I know y'all know he's stepping down and uh, pursuing some other things that God put on his heart, but it, it's been crazy. I think it's been, what, four or five years he's been the youth pastor? Four? Okay, thank you guys, because time just flies. But I just want to say, like, it was cool to see him lead. He came in, you know, after Pastor Elijah and just kind of didn't know much of what was going on. I wasn't ever in ministry before. So the fact that he came in here and I felt like God really used him to, to help out this ministry in a great way has been really incredible. So I just want to take a second to honor him real quick on that. And I know transition can be hard sometimes. You don't really know what's going to happen or what's next. Some people come, oh, I want to hear Pastor Brady preach. But I promise you there are so many great leaders in this room who will be sharing messages and sharing their heart with you. So do not worry. You're in good hands. Keep coming back. You'll see more of me maybe. That's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> Who booed? I'm just kidding. No one booed. So yeah, but speaking of Pastor Brady, as we segue into my message, I'm going to use him as an example, you know, just, just for him not being here. He gets to use that example. So back in college, I had a 3.08 GPA. I don't want to brag about it. It is what it is. So that's a B for those that care. It's not great. <laughs> anyway, we took this class and it was a mixed martial arts class, MMA. Y'all know what that is? fighting fun so we took this class because our friend is a, is a mma fighter and that's what he does so pastor brady actually grew up training he's been doing that for for years and years and years and this is my first time doing it i got an a in that class though so i'm pretty good at fighting you know don't don't mess with me but anyways what we do in the class is you partner up with somebody when you partner up with them, you spend time, you know, wrestling, punching each other, a lot of fun stuff. But one day my partner wasn't there, and Pastor Ray's like, hey, do you want to pair up with me? And I was like, okay, I can embarrass you if you want, not a big deal, you know? And we start wrestling, and we get into it, and, and Pastor Brady's really good at, like, because, you know, he's been doing this forever, he knows how to let you kind of get control, so to speak. You know, he knows how to let you get kind of on top or you're ready to throw punches or to get into a position to be able to transition. And I remember I was in this moment, it's called top position, where you're basically the guy's laying down and you're just on top of him and you can just start hammering him with punches. We weren't allowed to punch each other in that moment, but I felt powerful. And as I was going to put him in like a submission, put him in a hold, this dude cheats. He cheats. You know what he does? So we've been learning these, these different moves in the class. And he does a move I'd never even seen before. And he chokes me out. And I start tapping like a schoolgirl at ballet class. Like he taps me out with this choke I've never seen before. And he cheated. He cheated. And much like this story, there's actually a scripture in the Bible where I feel like sometimes God cheats in it. It's Genesis 32, 22 through 31. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to explain everything later. You know how I do. Read the scriptures and explain myself. So it says, the same night, he, as in Jacob, arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 children, imagine that family vacation, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. I can't talk, so just read it. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. So right here, it says, when the man saw he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip. So God cheated. Jacob was on top, and he cheated. I'll explain more. <laughs> so he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. 
Then the man said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there the man blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Penuel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed, limping because of his hip. Now, this story is crazy. Can you picture this? Like, this is nighttime, and you're like about to go to bed. Let's just say you finished your glass of warm milk, you read the Bible, you kissed your parents goodnight, tucked them in, you did all that. And you're just about to go into your room and go to bed. And next thing you know, a dude starts wrestling you. Like, how weird would that be? You're just like about to go to bed and he just pulls up. Well, that's kind of what happens is the Lord shows up, wrestles with Jacob, and this conversation takes place. You know, I've always read that scripture and thought it was interesting. Like, how does this play out in our lives? How does it look? And, you know, I don't think we necessarily physically wrestle with God, right? I don't think any of us has experienced that. If you have, please come preach this instead. I'll step down. But, you know, I think this happens spiritually in our lives. And so before I get to all that, we need to recap some events that's happened in Jacob's life to get to where we are now. So I'm just going to kind of speed through this. And if you don't know the Bible super well, it's okay because we're going to get back on track. So basically what happens is Jacob is a twin. His brother is named Esau. I call him Seesaw Esau because it sounds funny. And they're the sons of Isaac, who's the son of Abraham. We all kind of heard of Abraham before, the father of faith. So that's who they are. Turn my page. So Esau is the firstborn of the two, so he gets the birthright. And in short, that's a double portion of inheritance and the leadership of the family and very honorable position. People look at you when you get the birthright like, yeah, this guy's the man. And so one day Esau comes home from hunting and Jacob is making some soup because we all love soup, right? And Esau's so hungry, he asks Jacob for soup. And Jacob says, well, give me your birthright and I'll give you some soup. Very fair trade-off. You know, if anybody asks you for birthright and soup, you take that deal every time. And so anyways, Esau obliges, does it, and then Jacob and his mother trick Isaac into blessing Jacob to give him the birthright. Esau is furious, and when Isaac dies, Esau vows to kill Jacob. Very nice of a brother to want to kill you. Very, very nice. So Jacob flees and not even gets to immediately receive his father's inheritance due to his fear of Esau. So here's where we pick up the story. Everybody kind of tracking so far? We see that these two guys have had some beef with each other and stuff's going down. So finally, this brings us to our text for tonight. And here's what's crazy. I went and read the scripture I read to you. I just read it by itself. And I was like, let me see what happens. Like, How do we get to this point where God just shows up and starts getting into it with Jacob? And a few scriptures before it, uh, we noticed that Jacob is actually praying to the Lord. It says in Genesis 32, 9 through 13, And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown in your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I become two camps." So this is the text I noticed. He says, Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. But you said I would surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered. You see, I believe when we wrestle with God is whenever we genuinely pray and become real with him, when we decide to get honest with him. You know, there's certain things in life situations that we struggle with, right? There's sometimes to say we're not happy with where we are in life, right? Where you're, you're just totally upset. Sometimes it's dealing with fear. Sometimes it's doubt. 
Sometimes it's worry and discontentment. Maybe you're in a situation that you seem is not in your best interest. And worse, maybe you're in a situation that doesn't line up with your plans. Have y'all been there before? You felt that way before? Yeah? Little head nods? I love the crowd participation, so feel free to head nod. Yeah. You know, we get very frustrated. We get sad. We get aggressive. We're completely ready to go off on someone. We're ready to just tell everybody off because we're so frustrated with where we are in life. And you know what's crazy? It's in those very moments is when God wants to hear from us. It's in those very moments when you decide to finally get honest with yourself about how you feel with where you are in life that God wants to hear from you. And so how do you wrestle with the Lord? You tell him exactly how you feel, exactly what you're thinking, and exactly what is on your heart. I'll say it again. You tell him exactly how you feel, exactly what you're thinking, and exactly what is on your heart. You know, people call this, the word is called lamenting, which means to express one's deep grief, regrets, disappointments, etc. over something considered unsatisfactory, unreasonable, or unfair. And, you know, I know life is not fair. People you love pass away. Schools you go to, you know, just different social status and stuff like that gets in the way. Sometimes your parents make you do stuff you don't want to do. Sometimes the girl, the guy you like doesn't like you back. You go through these things where your heart is exposed and in pain. And you know what's crazy is Jacob is literally in one of these seasons in his life. He's literally there. His own brother wants to kill him, and he's on the way to catch up with him. And we don't know what's going to happen, but he's afraid. And because he's afraid, he cries out to God and says, God, I'm fearful of my brother. I'm fearful. I'm scared. You said that you you promised me other things, but this is what's playing out, and I'm not okay with it. And so tonight what I want to do is to take the scripture, the key text I read earlier, and I want to break it down and show what it looks like when we wrestle with God and what happens from that. You know, and I'm saying this from experience, and I'll give you some examples in a bit. But, like, this isn't just like, oh, I read the scripture. It looks like it goes good together. This is kind of how my life has played out when I've sincerely lamented before God. And so the first thing that happens is wrestling with the Lord will bring you closer to him. Wrestling with the Lord will bring you closer to him. Has anybody ever wrestled somebody in here before, even just playfully or seriously? A lot of girls don't wrestle. Okay, good to know. i got to write that down. Uh, <laughs> I thought there'd be more girls that just wrestle other girls. I guess I'll just pull hair, huh? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you guys. Real quick, because we got like an hour, which is forever. Um, at Acadiana, the girl fights were scarier than the guy fights. Like, those girls would start pulling hair and things would go crazy. I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't belong here. But anyway, when you wrestle with somebody, even if you don't like them, even if you're wrestling because you don't like them, you still get super close to them, right? I mean, like, you're tangled up with them, you're wrestling with them, like, you're in on it. What's worse is even when you're just arguing with somebody, you get super close to them, right? Like, you're both screaming at each other and trying to communicate to each other, and you eventually, whether you agree or disagree, you start understanding their perspective of the situation of what's going on. And, you know, it's the same with the Lord whenever we approach Him and begin lamenting. Whenever you go and say, God, here's how I feel, you better be ready for God to answer you. And you better get ready to get closer to him. And not just in a, a fearful way, but in a way of like, yes, like now's my chance to hear from the Lord. You know, matter of fact, any Andy Mineo fans up in here? He's a, he's a hip-hop artist. He's one of my faves. Yeah, a couple of you. Um, he had this EP that came out, and he had this, this quote from a lady named Madeline LaEngel. Again, I failed English probably more than you can imagine. But she said this. He has a quote in the song. He says, the value of doubt is to keep you open to God's revelations. If you don't doubt, you don't change. If you have to have finite answers to infinite questions, you're not going to move. 
And she said this, the second I'm furious with God, I'm totally close because you can't be furious with somebody who's not there. That was awesome. She said, the second I'm furious with God, I'm totally close because you can't be furious with somebody who's not there. And so again, when you're in this moment of just wanting to be real and just open up your heart and share what's really going on, you'll start realizing as you're getting angry that, wow, well, someone has to be here to hear me, like hear me out on this. And that's the Lord. So you get close to him. So the second thing, wrestling with the Lord will bring you pain. It'll bring you pain. I know I preach so, so, you know, prosperity gospel up here. You'll get pain, guys. Yeah, so good. Yeah, we love it. It'll bring you pain. And here's a scripture, Genesis 32, 25. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, like Pastor Brady cheating when he wrestled, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now, this type of pain, in my experience, it's not just like pain to hurt you. Like, it doesn't just like, okay, I'll, I'll kill all your cattle. You know, like not necessarily that, or hey, you know, you're not going to sleep tonight, I'll keep you up all night. Not that kind of pain, but the kind of pain of conviction. The pain of conviction. You know, the Lord points something out specific in your life, even if you may not have been fully aware of it. So an example, you ever been confronted by somebody and they call you out on something very specific and you get that feeling and you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And I'm super wrong. <laughs> that kind of feeling, that's happened way too many times in my life. Matter of fact, one time I was uh, growing up as a young child. Uh, we go to school in the United States. We, we go to school. Anybody go to school in here? You guys are so much fun. You're like, this guy's an idiot. And so anyway, we go to school and I made a bad grade on a test in a class. And my mom came up to me and she just said, hey, like, why did you do poorly? And I said, well, I just don't understand the material. I just don't get it. You know, she said, she said something like to the lines of, you don't understand it because you don't care to understand it. You're just being careless. Your mom does that too, huh? Yep. She called me out on it. Like I knew in my heart that that's exactly why. Because I'm not as dumb as I look. You know, I could figure this stuff out. I just didn't want to because I was thinking about other things, you know. But that was just it. She hit me to my core. I mean, how many friends in my life have come up to me and I was in a situation where I was wrong and they said, hey, man, you weren't right in that and here's why. I try to explain my side and they counteract it with like, you're still wrong though. And you're like, yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. But it's that type of pain that helps us to become better. You know, we get hit with something that's true and you get honest with yourself. You become honest with yourself. You know, spiritually, there was even a time, multiple times, honestly, where God has done this to me. But I went to the Lord. I was very upset about a situation. I was complaining about how unfair it was. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, you didn't even ask for my plan. You didn't even ask. Like you just went and did it yourself. You didn't stop to ask me what you thought of it. So you put yourself in that situation and you got mad because of your own fault without seeking me. And man, that, that hurt a lot. And you know, some other examples that's happened in my life, I'm sure in yours, it's simply, it's some issue that we have that is affecting the current situation we're in. So, you know, like the Lord may confront your pride. Like, hey, you're being prideful right now. Or maybe your selfishness or your lack of faith or laziness and other things that may be subconscious but are highly affecting your life. It's something that in the moment of the situation you're in is playing out that's really affecting it in the wrong way. 
And even though whether you know it or not, once you know it, you know it, and you know that it's wrong. And that's to me, is conviction. You know, there's times in life where we feel conviction just with sin even. And sometimes maybe you're acting in sin, not realizing it, but one day the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit sorry, Holy Spirit sit, like hits you and says, hey, that's sin. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was doing that. Forgive me. Other times before we get into it, he says, hey, don't do that. That's sin. And he pulls you back in that pain of saying, God, I'm sorry. God, protect me. Thank you, Lord. That kind of pain helps you out in the long run. And again, you begin to walk a little different. You know, like after my mom told me, hey, you're being careless. Okay, well, I stopped being careless and I started doing it right. You know what I mean? When, when my friends come and say, hey, you're being prideful. Hey, you're being arrogant. Hey, you're wrong. You're being offensive. The next time I'm in that situation, I don't act the same way I did because I have that true change. So I walk a little different. And it says in Genesis 32, 31, the sun rose upon him as he passed, limping because of his hip. So it's going to cause you pain that will change you. And Jacob felt the pain. He walked differently. But what's cool about the pain, it can bring benefit. And on top of that, the next thing that happens is wrestling with the Lord will bring you blessing. Hey, now we're preaching. <laughs> Go from pain to blessing. Genesis 32, 26. Then he said, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And in verse 29 it says, and there he blessed him. You know what happens? I feel like when we go to God and I usually, I think the first part happens. We feel conviction. We feel that pain and we let go. Jacob was holding on to him as tight as he could and said, I'm not letting go till you bless me. But once we felt pain, we let go and we just give up and we quit. And I've seen that in some people's lives. I've seen it where they were living in some sin and God called them out on it and they just quit their faith altogether. They just left church. There's been times where uh, some of my friends, they, they were in the situation, some serious things were happening. I remember one in particular, one of their family members, I think it was their, their, their dad maybe, had cancer and it shook their faith so hard and they were so mad at God for the cancer, they just turned away completely. Even though maybe God was trying to show them so they didn't go and talk to God and hold on. God just you know was doing what he's doing and they let go. But the thing is, if we just hold on, if we just keep going, we get blessing from wrestling with God. It will come. And so what does it look like? I don't think it's just physical. I don't think it's just a physical blessing. Like you get blessed with meshes every morning for the rest of your life. Fun fact, every time I preach, meshes has been mentioned, I think. So we're on a hot streak. Let's keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. I love I love donuts. Okay. But the type of blessing, it's not just like, okay, here's a bunch of money. Okay. Here's a girl or guy of your dreams. Oh, that would be cool. You know, he doesn't come with stuff like that. The type of blessing we're talking about is affirmation. It's growth. It's wisdom. It's understanding. It's peace. It's joy. It's revelation. It's realization of what's going on. It's that kind of blessing. You know, I remember a time in my life, it was very serious, like just super honest. I'm not going to share all the details of it, but there's three things that happened literally within a month. And at first, prior to that happening, I thought, you know, God has given me some promises in my life. And I thought for sure they were finally happening. I thought for sure everything was lining up as perfectly as I planned. And I was feeling really, really good about all three things. I even told some friends about it. They were all happy. They were cheerful. And wouldn't you know it, Everything literally collapsed in a matter of two weeks. Everything I thought, everything I put together, one of them, just for example, was a job, which is a big deal. I graduated college and my job, uh, I had one lined up and it, it fell through. But the, the fact was, there, there was all those things, a pretty big deal. And man, I was so hurt and I felt so broken. I was so frustrated and I started doubting God. I started saying, God, 
<laughs> like, you don't think I trust you? You don't think I don't care about you? Like, why would you do this to me? I thought this is what you planned. And long story short, uh, I talked to Pastor Brandon about it um, one day. And so what I did is I just wrote down everything I was feeling in the rawest of words. I know y'all think I'll do that inner healing too, where you just write down everything that you're feeling. And man, it was just open. It was just honest. It was just real with God. And Pastor Brandon was there and I read my letter out loud to him, sat there, we read it. And the next question he asked, he said, Matt, what is the Lord showing you? And I remember I sat there probably for like two minutes. I just sat there very quietly. And the only thing I heard in my spirit was the word purpose. That's the only thing I heard. But man, once I heard it, like it changed everything. You see, I didn't see like much to go off of, like purpose. That's so generic, like purpose-driven life. Like everybody's read that book. Like the word purpose and everybody else's sense seems so generic. But to me, in that moment, that was a blessing from God. And I realized the purpose, I don't see it all clearly, you know, perfectly right now as to what I went through and why I went through it. But what I can tell you is I have some better understanding of why I am where I am right now. And those three things that happened to me, I kid you not, literally in the coming months, not all three happened to the same people, but each of what happened, someone else was dealing with in my life and I got to be an influence to them. That was that kind of blessing. There was purpose behind it. I didn't see it in the moment. I didn't understand what was going on. You know, maybe for you, you're in high school and maybe you don't know what, or you just started high school, you don't know what school you're going to, you're getting pulled from your school, you're moving away. You may not see why, but there's still purpose in that. And God will bless you and affirm you, even when you're frustrated about situations changing in your life. And so it's just been such a blessing to know that God told me that word when I was in my deepest, darkest time. And I kid you not, I felt so much closer to God after I read that letter. I felt like he was in the room like so strongly because it was fine. I was real with myself. I was real with him. And obviously I was real with Pastor Brandon because he had to hear everything too. But um, it was just so real and God was there. And so the, the final part of this whole thing is we experienced the pain. We experienced the blessing. And finally, wrestling with the Lord will bring you change. It'll bring you change. In Genesis 32, verse 27, he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So what kind of change in it is it? It's a change in your identity. It's a change in your attitude, a change in your perspective. It's a change in your motives. It's a change in how you act. You see what's crazy is the name Jacob means trickster or deceiver. And he actually lived his whole life that way. Notice his mom and his, like, well, him and his mom tricked his dad into getting the blessing. He tricked his older brother to get that birthright from him. This is how he's living his life. As a matter of fact, I read up on a little bit more. He's trying to trick his brother into liking him by sending him gifts. He was shipping off gifts in front of him and he was putting like his wife and 25 million kids he had across the sea. But he was giving Esau gifts to try to deceive him and to liking him again, to loving him again. This is who he is as a person. That's his name. But if you look, God changes his name to Israel, which means wrestles with God. And you see the Lord didn't just change his name, but check this out. The Lord put his identity in Jacob's new name. He put his identity in Jacob's new name. You know, after times of lamenting, I go back to situations with the Lord's heart and the Lord's perspective 
and the Lord's desires, and I no longer act the same way I did. Maybe I walked into work with a bad attitude, and now I walk in saying, God, how can I serve you better? Maybe I walk in just not caring about anybody to not having empathy and compassion. You know, you go back in the situation, you were once whining, you were once feeling careless, you were once having a negative attitude, but now you go back into it, and your walk is different. You have a little bit different swagger about you. Something's different about you. Your viewpoint is different. Your understanding is different. Your attitude is different, because now now you have the Lord's viewpoint in your life because he changed your identity. And when that happens, you begin to be treated differently. You begin to be treated differently. Check this out. Like I've never noticed this before. And so I reread this to prepare this message. I had I literally like, I was reading that scripture by itself, wrestling with God, laughing about how Pastor Brady cheated, doing all this stuff. I went read that first scripture before. Like, whoa, Jacob prayed to God. This is crazy. Then I went read the section after the wrestling match and check out this verse. Genesis 33, 1 through 4. It says, And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau was coming, and 400 men with him. I'd be scared. 400 men, that's a lot. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel. So they split, you know, I guess like the 12 kids, whatever it was, 11, and the two female servants. And he put the servants with their children in front, then Leah with her children, and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But check out verse four. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. You know, I'm not sure where Esau had a change of heart. I'm not some scholar that can tell you what happened on his side. But what we do know is on the side of Jacob, he had this wrestling match. He had this chance to feel pain to feel blessing, and his name got changed to Israel. And see, Jacob was expecting Esau to treat him like Jacob, but instead Esau treated him as Israel. And that's what happens in your life when you get this close to the Lord. You're going to be treated differently just because of who God is in your life and what he did. It's amazing. And what's crazy about this stuff too, just tying it back into the gospel um, when we pray and lament to God, yeah, it does have this flow. But also when we think about what Jesus did for us on the cross, this same thing plays out in our lives. You see, Jesus paid the price for our sins. He died on the cross. And what happens is when we you know, have the revelation of that, when we see that, that pain of conviction comes. We think about that. Man, my, God, my, my sin puts you up there. God, my selfishness, my pride, my lust, my anger. All this puts you up there. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we've we've experienced the pain of realizing our sins. But then comes that blessing that he paid for our sins. He He took it for us. What we could not pay, what we could not earn, what we could not reach to obtain, Jesus paid the price for our sins so we can get close to God. So we can lament to God. And then once the blessing comes, the change comes. You see, we were enemies of God. And we were unrighteous. We were unholy. We were just people, you know, who, who missed the standard. And when Jesus paid the price for our sins and paid the price, we're now seen as righteous. God calls us holy. He calls us friends. He says that we're blameless. And I just feel like tonight, you may have heard the gospel message plenty of times. We've been to church plenty of times. But some of you in here have never grasped that identity. Not even just going to lament to God, but just accepting Christ as your Savior and becoming a new creation and understanding what he truly did for you on the cross. And so as we close tonight, 
I know I'm kind of early, but we can spend some time praying. Um, you know, what, go ahead and stand with me, and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out from here. I don't preach for very long. I think most of you know that. <laughs> um, but some of you have never grasped that identity. But I came because I wanted to share this message for two reasons. You know, I believe that some of you in here, you are struggling with doubts and fears. You're worried about stuff. You're frustrated with where you're at in life. And you feel like it isn't okay. You feel like this isn't in your best interest. You feel like, God, this is not what I thought was going to be happening right now in my life. But I want to tell you tonight, it is okay. And what's, what's, what's good is you need to bring it to the Lord in your raw emotion. Listen, you don't have to play church tonight. You don't have to play being a Christian, like, oh, I'm a good person. I check off the boxes. Forget that. Be real with God. Are you not happy? Are you fearful? Are you doubting? Are you scared? Are you worried? Just tell him in, for what it is and how it is. And, you know, some of you have never truly experienced this type of transformation of the love of God and accepting the fact that Jesus paid the price for your sins. So what I want to do tonight, you know, if you want to come up for prayer after, that's fine. I won't do an altar call right now, but I just want to go back through this message and I want to pray with you guys. You know, in my life, there's been times where, I mean, I didn't think everything was be okay. One, one instance, my mom had cancer a few years ago and I promise you that rocked my world. And so much so, I couldn't even talk about it with my friends. Like I was so shook and so messed up that I was like, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to think about it. People asked me how she was doing. I just wanted to ignore it. I never faced how I was really feeling. And then one day I went to God and said, God, what is going on? <laughs> What's happening? Why my mom? Why all this stuff happening? And I don't remember everything that happened. I just remember the fact that my attitude shifted and things changed. I started understanding that is God not in control still? Does God not have promises still? Is he still not good? And I had a revelation of just realizing that, Lord, this will work out for your good. And sure enough, again, people in my, my friend groups, their parents already had cancer and I was able to be there for them. See, God uses what these things we feel like aren't good enough to help us with other people. And man, I just remember my, my mom survived cancer. She defeated cancer. Everything's okay now, praise God. But in those moments when I felt the worst, God was still showing me how faithful he was. And so tonight, as we just pray over this, you know, I'm just going to pray over you guys. And I, I encourage you to take the moment, really take the moment while the lights are down. Don't be thinking about anybody else. Don't be thinking about other things. Just focus on this right now. Maybe you are in a good spot, and that's great. But I feel like this message is for somebody in here to be able to face God for what it is. And so let's just start by um, just coming to God and just telling him how you really feel. You know, just tell them how you really feel. What's really going on? Are you really not happy? Are you really afraid? Are you really worried? Are you really doubting something? Are you doubting him? Do you really not believe in him? Do you feel like maybe you're just kind of being, you know, agnostic where you, you, you come to church and it's just like, yeah, God's real, but he's not really real to you. Tell him that. Say, God, I don't think you're real. God, I don't think whatever it is, just tell him that. And, you know, this may take a longer process just tonight, but I want to get the ball rolling tonight. And so as we keep praying, you get closer to him. And the next thing is maybe you're going to feel some pain. Maybe it won't happen right now. Maybe not in this room. But maybe as you go the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, you'll be able to experience some type of conviction. Come on, ask the Lord to show you stuff in your life that's affecting the situation that you're in. Maybe you're unhappy in a situation or, or whatever it is because part of the reason is 
your pride. It is your anger. It is whatever other sin you feel like is in your life. And just ask him to show you that stuff. And then you know what? I encourage you, ask for his blessing, God. What do you want to speak to me, God? What do you want to say? What do you want to show me, God? What is the purpose? What is the reason? God, I pray that, you know, I will just know and understand that. Come on, you can ask. God is so good that you can you can create this and ask him. And finally, again, it may not happen all tonight for you, and that's okay, but change is going to come. I promise you change is going to come. You might leave here, go home, and go to school, or or in summertime, but go to wherever you're going to go tomorrow or the rest of the months, and you're going to walk in those situations. It's going to be different because you're going to be different because you're going to have the Lord's heart and the Lord's mind and the Lord's will and his desires on your heart to live out. So let's just take some time. I'm just going to pray over everybody in here, and then we'll we'll wrap up. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for this message, Lord. Thank you, God, for your conviction. Thank you, God, for your blessing. God, not just for prosperity, God, but for affirmation, Lord. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that people would just be honest with you, be open with you, God. We'll just have that raw emotion shared to you, God. God, in this moment, as they hear this message, I just pray, Lord, that they would practice it in their life, they would apply it, and God, you would show up, God, and you would wrestle with them. And I pray they'd feel closer and closer to you, God. And God, I pray for pain of conviction to come. God, I pray for your blessing to come. And most importantly, I pray for change to come. And God, when they go back into those situations, I pray, Lord God, that as they feel like they should be treated as Jacob, they would be treated as Israel, God. I pray, Lord, even right now, the situations that each person's in, God, you're working them to the good. You're working them to the good. God, you said your will is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so, God, I pray for every situation, good or bad, whether they want to be there or not, I just pray that they have that hope and understanding that, God, you have a greater purpose in their life, God. And, Lord, finally, if there's anybody in here, God, that doesn't know you, doesn't take you seriously, doesn't have a genuine relationship, I pray right now that you can just show them who you are, God. God, show them your love. Show them your grace. God, show them your presence in a tangible way, I pray, God. God, let us start in this room tonight and follow them home, God. God, I pray your love chases them down, Father God. Lord, whether they believe in you or not, I pray you show them that you're real. And Lord, as we remind ourselves what Jesus said on the cross, God, God, we don't take that for granted, Lord. We don't take it for granted at all, God. You paid the price of our sin. God, we were separated from you because of our sin. But by the grace and by your love, Jesus died on the cross for our sins so we could be forgiven. God, thank you, though we were unrighteous and enemies of you, God. You've made us righteous. You've called us friend. We are now blameless. God, I break off every condemnation right now in this room, God. If anybody's feeling like the devil's been lying to them, been speaking down to them, that they're not good enough, they're not worthy enough, that they're not acceptable or pleasing to you, God, I break that lie right now right now, Father God. I pray that identity, God, of who you say they are comes tonight, Father God. Remember the cross, God. As we remember the cross, God, I pray that their identity will be found in you, God. You put your identity in us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. And God, as we close tonight, I think for every person here, God, I know it's not by accident that they came, God. And Lord, I just pray whether this message is for them right now where they are, or God, for later on, Lord, I just pray it stays in their heart, stays in their mind, God, and that they would get close to you, that they be real with you and honest with you, God. I just pray for every person in here, God, as they continue to grow, 
God, in their faith, as they grow, God, um, just in the maturity, God, I just pray that they keep this with them, God, to lament to you, to cry out to you, to be real with you and honest with you, God. I just pray that no one's trying to be religious or play church anymore, God. But Lord, we just have people who are hungry after you, God, hungry for you and your word, God, and wanting to make a difference in this world, God. Again, I believe in here, God, you have people who are going to change the world, Lord God. And I really believe that, God. So I pray you protect us, God, and bless us on our way out, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.